Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's always an honor and a privilege to get to preach at home. Believe it or not, this is my favorite pulpit to preach in because it's easy. Because we have a preaching church that loves the Word of God and loves the things of God. So I give honor to all of you tonight. I also give honor to my father and my mother. Um, what an incredible pastor and pastor's wife we have. I'd like you to turn to the book of Ezekiel chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, if not, they're going to put it up on the screen behind me. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse number 17, before we get into the Word of God, I'd like you to know this. All throughout the Old Testament, we see in the cities that there was a man who was placed on the top of the wall. There was a man who was placed near the gate. He was away from people. He was away from the rest of the city. He was isolated by himself. This man was called the watchman. And the watchman sat at the top of the gate to view what would come at the city. And he had a trumpet in his hand. And when there was an attack or when there was something coming towards the city, the watchman would then pick up his trumpet and blow the trumpet to let the city know just what was going on in that time. So with this being in mind, Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse number 17, and it says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 36 and 37, and it says, But of the day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Or to paraphrase that no man knoweth the day nor the hour of the coming of the Lord. I'd like to preach to you for a few moments tonight the trumpet of the watchman. The trumpet of the watchman. Would you put your Bibles down, lift up your voices and your hands with me all over this house. Lord Jesus, we need your help and your strength tonight, mighty God. I ask you, Father, that whatever it is that you have to deliver to this church tonight, that through my feeble attempt, Lord, that you would use your servant, God. We submit ourselves to the Holy Ghost in this house, that whatever it is that you want to do, Jesus, we put our schedule to the side. We put this message to the side. We put ourselves to the side, Jesus. Speak to this church the message that you have given. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I wonder if one more time before you, you're seated, if you would put your hands together and magnify the Lord in this house. seated. Joplin, Missouri, a place not too far from here. The last couple years have 
gone through quite an experience. You see, just like places all over this nation, Joplin, Missouri um, would experience from time to time the sounds of a tornado siren as it would just rip throughout the entire town. And I know what that's like um, living just a few seconds away from where the sirens go off in this town. And it doesn't really matter where you're at. You're able to hear those sirens, maybe because they're so loud or because uh, of the size of this city. And so for years and years, time after time, Joplin would hear the sounds of the sirens and they would know that it was just a test. The sirens would go off and they would look up into the sky and see that there was no storm anywhere in sight. And so they became used to the sound of the siren. And one day, as most people were probably just sitting in their house, a storm was brewing just outside. And once again, the sirens went off everywhere, and everybody in the city of Joplin could hear the sirens, the tornado sirens, um, as there was a tornado headed their way. But there was something about the people of Joplin that they had heard the sirens over over and over, and there had never, there had never really truthfully been anything happen. And so, when they heard the siren this time, they just stopped where they were and decided that they weren't going to do anything because it was just like every other siren that they heard. And the siren went on and on, and the people sat there. They did not prepare. They did not pay attention to what was going on. But as the siren went, the storm brewed bigger and bigger and bigger, and nobody did anything and then before long there were people that were sitting in their house they could feel the very foundation of the house begin to shake the windows begin to shake the plates on the table begin to shake and as they looked outside they recognized that finally the siren actually meant something but because they ignored the warning sign because they ignored the trumpet of the watchmen of the storm that day 100 and 62 people in Joplin were killed because they chose not to prepare when they heard the trumpet of their watchmen. The voice of the watchmen in today's society has been completely silenced. Not only in today's society, but could it be that the voice of the watchmen has even been silenced in the church? Could it be that we've gotten to a place where when someone begins to tell us that the Lord is coming soon, heaven help us, if we sit in our pew while somebody is speaking this to us and say, I've heard it for years and for years and for years, but what is going to happen one day when the trumpet of the watchman sounds and you're caught off guard and you're not prepared for what's coming after you? Somebody shout amen. They ostracize the watchman. For the watchman sits on the top of the gate. He sits all by himself away from everybody and from all over the town, wherever they're standing. They could look at the top of the gate and see the watchman as he is standing there with a trumpet in his hand. He sits on the wall alone. And the enemy would love for the voice of the watchman to merely become a relic in the church. 
I said the enemy would love for the voice of the watchman to simply become a relic in the church because the enemy seeks to overpower you, to overcome you, and to destroy you. Careful that if you ignore the voice of the watchman that the Lord has put in your life, you will be susceptible to the storm. You will be susceptible to the attack of the enemy if you choose not to prepare when the warning sounds of the watchmen all around you are going off. Have we turned our ears away from the watchmen and lent them to the voices of false prophets? Could it be that our ears are so occupied with CNN and TBN that we're not able to hear the voice of the Lord and the warning of the Lord when it speaks to us? Could it be that we have lent our ears? Could it be that we have lent our ears to the things of the enemy so much that we don't even know what the trumpet of the watchman sounds like anymore? Have we truthfully become so arrogant in our spirits that we honestly don't believe the voice of the watchman any longer? Could we have possibly gotten so arrogant amongst all of us that we believe that the watchman holds no place in our churches anymore? You feel that? That's what I'm talking about because the enemy would love for every single person in here tonight to believe that the voice of the watchman is no longer relevant in this house. But I came to tell somebody, I can hear the trumpet of the watchman on the horizon. I said I can hear the trumpet of the watchman on the horizon. And it's time that he that hath an ear hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. The hour is late and the coming of the Lord is drawing near. Somebody magnify the Lord in this house right now. Look at the world around you. Every time you turn on a television or you open up a newspaper, look what's going on. There's not only terrorism all over the country and in other countries, but terrorism in the very church that you go to every week. And there's some people that you don't want to accept it because the Lord has used you as a vice. Ooh, it's tight in here tonight. Everywhere we look, terrorism, horrible things happening all over our country and even in our church. We do not have the time to play around with God any longer. You do not have time to withhold from God any longer. You do not have time to allow sin to run rampant in your life any longer. There is no time for division in the church. Can you hear the trumpet? of the watchman as it warns you of the hour and the day that you live in. Oh, I can hear his trumpet. I can hear his voice. Get ready for no man knoweth the hour. No man knoweth the hour of the coming of the Lord. And no man knows when the trumpet in your life will be sounded. And your very soul will be nothing but a whisper that goes into eternity forever we don't have the promise 
of tomorrow, church. We don't have the promise of coming to a service next Sunday. We don't have the promise of coming to a service on Wednesday. We don't have a pre-shandoroboyosha. We don't know if we'll ever get another opportunity to be back into the house of God. We've got to quit coming to church with an attitude of I'll make it right another service. I'll work on me another time. I will forgive them somebody another day. We don't have time to handle it tomorrow. You might not be here next week. We might not have another service. There's some of you, you just checked out on exactly what I'm saying because the enemy is working at you right now because he would love for you to walk out of this house tonight saying, oh, I know that I can come back next Sunday. Don't make the Lord prove himself to you with somebody that you love. We come in service after service after service nonchalantly to the house of God. Just another week, just another service, just another Sunday, just another message that pastor is preaching, just another time I'm going to see everybody in my church. It might not be just another Sunday. It might be the last Sunday that you have to ever walk into the house of God. Quit playing around with the grace of God in your life quit playing around with the mercy of the Lord don't frustrate his grace in a moment in a blink of an eye your life can be whisked away into an eternity and there's so many people in this house that you don't even believe this but I came to tell you after when when you're called out of this life, there will be a day of judgment. We'll all have to stand face to face with the Creator standing in judgment. Listen to me. I don't enjoy preaching this message tonight, but I've got to tell you what the Lord laid on my heart. We will all stand in judgment for the things that we have done. Everyone wants to talk about heaven. Everybody wants to talk about streets of gold, walls of jasper, and gates of pearl. But as much as that is in your Bible, there is a lake of fire that is also so just as real and we will spend an eternity in one or the other but we don't have a fear of hell anymore we don't fear hell anymore we don't fear the judgment of God anymore we don't fear what tomorrow brings because in today's society we honestly believe that we are as powerful as the most high God but I came to tell you and I don't take pride in what I'm telling you tonight but the judgment of the Lord will one day fall and we will be responsible and have to answer for the things that we have done we've got to be ready I said we've got to be ready We've got to be ready. Can you hear the trumpet of the watchman? Can you see him as he sits above the city, sitting on the wall by the gate, looking out? Can 
you see him as he sits on the gate, as he sits on the wall with the trumpet to his lips trying to warn you tonight. God is reaching out for somebody tonight. You have to get your house in order. This might be God's last ditch effort for your family. This might be God's last ditch effort to save your children or your spouse. I watched my great-grandfather who served God for so many years while he's laying on his deathbed with his family coming in and out to come seek him just one more last time. And I think anybody that went out there can probably testify to this very same thing. There was only one question that he asked any of us, and it was, do you think that I'm saved? Do you think I'm going to make it? Because when you are staring eternity in the face, it tends to be a very very sobering thing when you're truthfully staring eternity recognizing that the inevitable is on its way and ladies and gentlemen I come tonight to tell you the inevitable is on its way there is nobody that's going to make it out of here alive whether we die or whether we are raptured it is inevitable It is inevitable. Somebody just lift up your hands right now. Somebody let the Lord speak to you right now. Come on, lift up your voices. Last night I sat by myself alone for a very, very long time as the Lord was speaking to me. I was sitting outside with a fire going. Everybody had left. And I felt the Lord telling me that I needed to stay because he was about to speak some things to me. And I was sitting there by myself looking into the fire. Suddenly the Lord gave me a vision and I looked out into the open field and I saw a fire very similar to the one that was right in front of me, but this fire was piled high, almost as high as the eye could see, the entire field covered with kindling, and the flame and the blaze was great. You could see it from anywhere that you went. The heat of the fire was absolutely intense and immense, and it, 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 it was constantly growing bigger and growing hotter with each piece of kindling that was added to it. One by one, I watched as the the kindling was dropped onto the fire and the flame shot up and the heat got more and more intense. And I stopped and I asked God, I said, Lord, what, what, what are you trying to show me? And this is what he said. He said, each piece of kindling that is thrown on this fire is a lost soul that has slipped through the cracks of the church. He said, the fire is a representation of the lake of fire that you've 
only but read about in the scripture and every piece of kindling that is dropped onto this fire. I'm not even talking about a representation of churches all over the world. I'm talking about a representation of souls that have been lost and dying in this city because they have slipped through the cracks and not heeded the trumpet of the watchman that was trying to warn them. And then as I was sitting there, I began to weep when the Lord was speaking this to me. And I just shut my eyes and I leaned back and I was crying and speaking in tongues and I was like God please please tell me please tell me that I'm not guilty of it and then the Lord changed everything he showed me something else there was a there 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 was a great gate that was standing before me and it was very tall and very big and all I could all I could hear was one solid beating drum over and over and over and over and I looked around me trying to figure out just what it was that was going on and the Lord showed me droves and droves and droves of people all walking to the beat of a drum but they could see the gate but they could not see what was behind the gate all they could see was the smoke and the lights and it got their curiosity and so they were looking beyond the gate and I looked all around me and I recognized that I was on top of that gate as this was going on and I looked out into the field and I could once again see the great fire and then I was standing on the wall but as I looked behind me, I saw the droves and droves of people which were walking towards this gate. And I said, Lord, what are you showing me right now? And he didn't speak anything yet, but rather the people begin to march, marching in unison, walking up to the gate. And I stood there in silence and I watched as the people, when they went through the gate, it wasn't until they got through the gate that they recognized the, 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 uh, the decision that they had just made. And they walked one by one by one into a lake of fire and and while the Lord was showing me this I began to look around me and thinking why isn't anybody stopping them why isn't anybody telling them but then I recognized that it was me that was on top of the gate and I looked down in utter horror recognizing just what was going on and then all of a sudden it hit me we are the watchmen on the top of the gate we are are the people that the Lord has put into this city to warn but we sat there and there was there was there was no watchmen that were trying anything but rather I saw the faces of people that I know and I love and they were standing at a distance they saw everything that was going on but nobody chose to intervene in the situation that was going on droves and droves of people that were being sent to hell and then the voice of the Lord came to me once again and he spoke this to me he said I am raised up generations of watchmen and the only thing standing in between droves of lost souls and the gates of hell is the watchmen that I have put in this city somebody totally missed what I just said tonight he said the only thing that is standing in between the droves of lost souls and the gates of hell which are at bay is the watchmen that I have put in this city the Lord has placed this church inside of the to bridge the gap for the lost people that are marching every single day to the gates of hell oh I wish that somebody in this house could hear the trumpet of the watchmen as it tells us that it's drawing near as it tells us that the Lord is drawing closer and closer and closer oh how late the hour is but how near 
how near, how near the coming of the Lord is. I had to repent in my spirit when the Lord showed that to me because there was another verse of scripture in the book of Ezekiel that said that if the watchmen look out and see the sword of the enemy at bay in the land and blow not the trumpet that the blood of the people that would die would be on the hand of the watchman. Do not justify. Do not justify the silence. Do not justify. Don't justify tuning your ears out of the voice of God. Do not justify ignoring the sound of the trumpet of the watchman. Do not justify every time you come into contact with somebody and you choose to let them walk by you. And you choose, listen to me, every time you come into contact with someone and you don't do everything you can to try to get them into the house of God, you are letting the souls of people march by you straight into the gates of hell we will be held accountable one day for our actions somebody lift up your hands in this house somebody lift up your hands in this house Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When the Lord allowed me to come out of the vision, I found myself staring back into the fire once again last night. But then the Lord told me that he wasn't quite done speaking to me yet. And as I was sitting there by myself, it became very very cold outside, and so I hunkered down and, and, just, and just waited on the Lord to begin to speak to me, and the flames of the fire were still burning, and smoke was still billowing out of it, and then the Lord began to speak some things to me. I found myself being directed and zoned straight into the fire, and as I was looking at the smoke as it was billowing up into the clouds, the Lord then began to reveal things to me. And I saw, literally saw, the faces of lost people that I have come into contact with as they were in the fire. And all I could see was their faces. But then I could hear the words of the conversation. Some of the people, the very last conversations that I ever had with them as the Lord began to allow me to see see the people that I was responsible for that even slipped through the very cracks and I saw I saw the face I saw the face of my cousin Jared I saw 
saw the face of my cousin who just two years ago was killed in an automobile accident who I had been very, very close to. And the Lord took me back to the day that I was sitting in the vehicle with my father as we were dropping off my car and we began to ride back towards the house and his phone came on and he put it on speaker and my uncle Gary was choked on the other end. And my dad said, Gary, tell me, please tell me what's going on. And all Gary could possibly mutter to get out of his mouth was that Jared just died. My dad stopped the truck and we sat there and I looked at him. I said, who, who, who is, who is Jared? And dad said, Gary, what is it that you're trying to tell me? And Gary said, Jared was just killed in an automobile accident. And we drove home in complete silence with tears running down our faces. And we walked into the house and I sat down and I began to weep. And my mother came into the room and she said, guys, please, please tell me what's going on. And my father looked at her and she and he said, Annette, Jared was just killed in an automobile accident. And we began to weep. And I watched my mother as she dropped down to the floor and all she could possibly mutter out of her mouth was we didn't do enough we didn't do enough we didn't do enough and last night the Lord took me back to when I was sitting in a restaurant in the middle of Buda Texas with my cousin and I was having a conversation with him and I looked at him and I said Jared you've got to get your life straight you don't know what life is going to hold for you and Jared looked at me and he said well and he kind of smiled in the way that he would and he said I'm working on it I'm working on it but then I found out that he had promised somebody that he was going to come and spend time with us and what he said is, he said, I, I, I can't come right now, but here just shortly, just shortly, I promise you, I'm going to come up and I'm going to spend time with you. But the problem was, is that Jared did not act while he still had the opportunity to act. And in the blink of an eye, his soul was whisked away into eternity with his family members. And by his family members, I'm talking about myself right now, left to simply say, I didn't do enough. How many people in here could stop right now and think about the family member? Think about the neighbor. Think about the child. Think about the sibling. Think about the lost loved one that you had that you allowed to slip through the cracks and walk out of the house of God and did nothing to stand in their way. God, help us. Help us tonight, Jesus. When his face went away from the smoke, I looked back into it once again, and I saw another face of a young man that I knew very, very well, Logan Irwin. Logan came into my house, and he lived with us for probably three to four uh, weeks. He came into the church one night and repented, and we baptized him there that night. And just a week after that, Logan stood right here where I'm pointing in this very church with his hands lifted up to heaven, and God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost, everything began to change for him until one day I came home and I looked around my house and I recognized that Logan was gone and I didn't know where he went. And a week after that, I'm driving down the street and I find Logan and I pull over and he comes up and he talks to me and he says, hey, what's going on? And I looked him in the face. I said, Logan, please tell me, tell me what's going on. And he looked at me. He said, I want to thank you for everything that you've done. And Gentry, it's not that I don't want God but I don't want him right now. Something checked my spirit when he said that, and I had no idea the magnitude of what I was about to tell him, but I looked Logan in the face, and I said, Logan, right now might be the only chance you have. 
Logan patted me on the shoulder and walked away. Three weeks later, I was sitting in Texas in a house on vacation at 3 a.m. when another backslider out of this church called me. And I could hear him choked up in his voice. And I said, tell me what's going on. And he said, Gentry, Logan was just killed in an automobile accident. And in the twinkling of an eye, his soul has vanished into eternity. What is it going to take? What is it going to take for us to recognize the magnitude of Hikoyashanda, the magnitude of the job that the Lord has laid on the shoulders of this church? Is it going to take one of your children having to die unsaved? Is it going to take your spouse having to walk out of the house of God and die lost? Is it going to take God having to get your attention? Is it going to take the Lord having to bring you down to rock bottom for you to recognize that you've got to get right with God. Can you hear the trumpet of the watchman? Can you see him as he sits on his perch? Can you hear the trumpet as it blows and the warning cries that he's giving you saying the Lord is coming. The coming of the Lord is at hand for no man knoweth the hour. Tonight we hang in the balances of eternity. Tonight we hang in the balances of eternity. And I felt this in my spirit and I contemplated whether or not to even share this. And I do not rejoice in it. But for whoever it is for, I pray for you tonight. Somebody in here, you have played with the grace and the mercy of God. And you need to get your house in order. I'm not going to sit back any longer and watch my family and my loved ones go to an eternal lake of fire. I'm not going to sit back any longer when the Lord moves on my heart to do something that I'm not comfortable with because I don't want to have to answer. I don't want to have to answer for the blood of the souls of this city that would be poured out on my hands if they slip through the cracks of my fingers. Listen to me. It's not just the ministry staff that is responsible for the souls of this city, but it is this church. It is you. It is your family. It is your spouse, and it is me. We are responsible for the blood of this city. So I ask you tonight, what if you knew that this was your last service? What if you knew that this was the last opportunity that you had to walk into the house of God? What if you knew that you would not get the opportunity to be back in service next Sunday? What would you do? Would you pick up the phone and call the lost loved one? Would you grab your children and your wife and drag them down to an altar and intercede on their behalf? Would you come to the altar yourself and build an altar of repentance? Would you hug somebody's neck that's in this house that you have bitterness towards, that you have on against, and forgive them? 
them tonight. Oh, would you knock the door of every neighbor you had and warn them of what was to come? Would you make things right with your pastor if they're not right? Would you make things right with your children if you knew that this was the last chance you had to get right? Or would you leave this house unrepentant and unsure of what your eternity holds? You don't have the promise of tomorrow. You don't have the promise of next week. What if this was your last altar call? Saint of God, would you grab your children? Would you grab your spouse? Would you come down yourself to make sure that you are safe? To make sure that you are right? Or would you risk a lifetime? Would you risk a lifetime on this earth of being in an eternity of the lake of fire are you willing to risk your salvation are you willing to risk your eternity on a thought on a bed with yourself do you have too much pride in your spirit to admit that you need to build an altar of repentance is there too much pride in your home for you to grab your children and your wife what is it that it's going to take for you to find yourself broken and repentant. Saint of God, what if it was your last altar call? Singer, musician, what if it was the last chance you had to sing a song unto the Lord? Would you withhold it? Oh, preacher that's in this house, what if it was the last time, the last chance you had to preach a message, to reach down into the gates of hell and pull somebody out of the fire? What if tonight was it? what if it was the last time you would hug your kids before they go to bed at night what if it was the last time that you would have the opportunity to sit on the pew and feel the presence of God what would you do would you pray until something happened would you push past the walls and the insecurities would you repent in your spirit would you pray with your children what would you do would you fall to your face interceding on behalf of the people that you love what would you do if tonight was it If it was the last time that you would ever sit in church with your family, what would you do? Would you drag them to an altar? Would you bring them to an altar out of love? Would you be willing to offend them for the sake of their soul? What would you be willing to do for your family? How hard are you willing to fight for the souls of your family? What are you willing to sacrifice for your soul and for your eternity and for your salvation? What is it going to take for the Lord? to get your attention. Don't go to hell over an unrepented spirit. Don't go to hell over bitterness in your spirit. Don't go to hell over sin issues that are in your life. You might not have tomorrow. You might not have next week. But you have right now. You have tonight to 
get things ready. You have tonight to make things right in your spirit. God, break the back of pride that's in this house right now by the authority of your name and the power that's in your word. Will you let pride and vanity keep you out of the gates of heaven? Will you let the person that's sitting next to you talk you out of repenting in your spirit? There ought to be a church full of people that are on their face before the Lord right now. I don't care if you're praying for yourself or if you're praying for one of your family members or your neighbor. The blood of the people will be on our heads. Will you ignore your neighbor when, he, when you go home as he sits in his house by himself contemplating suicide, feeling hopelessness? Will his blood be on your hands because you decided not to blow the trumpet? Will his blood be on your hands tonight? There's somebody in here you think I'm not talking about you. You're trying to talk yourself out of it right now. I am preaching to you tonight. Do you love your family enough to bring them down to an altar of repentance? Do you love your spouse enough to make sure that you're ready? Because the hour is late and the trumpet is about to sound. Will the blood of your son and of your daughter be on your head? Will the blood of your spouse be on your hands? Are you going to let pride get in the way of the salvation of your family? 
Are you going to let rebellion get in the way of the salvation of your family? Are you willing to push past where it's uncomfortable to get into the presence of God tonight? Are you willing to fight past your feelings and emotions right now to get into the presence of the Lord and let him make things new in your spirit? Do you love someone enough to grab them by the hand and tell them that they need to build an altar of repentance tonight? Somebody get bold in the Holy Ghost in this house if the Lord's speaking to you. Can you hear the trumpet of the watchman? Can you hear the trumpet of the watchman? Can you hear the trumpet of the watchman? For the trumpet is at Gabriel's lips, and the horn is about to blow.